So I want you to imagine yourself entering to a store that is called Life. The store is filled with all sorts of uh, unique kind of matching trinkets and all sorts of different kind of items. And each item in the store is labeled by what it promises to do for you in your life. So the first aisle that you walk down, you pick up an item and the item is labeled faster. And so you turn it over and you can look at the list of suggested things that it can do for you. You can get a degree faster. You can lose weight faster. You can get out of being grounded faster. And, and you start to get excited about the possibility of all of the items in this store. You see another item, it's called easier. And then there's one beside it called comfortable. And, and you look into your wallet and try and figure out how much money you have because you're sure you're going to want to buy at least one of each of these things. As you finish going down that first aisle, you turn and enter into the second aisle. And it becomes pretty evident quickly that people hardly ever come down this aisle. There's cobwebs and there's dust. And it doesn't take you long to figure out why. You see an item and it says slower on it. And you wonder why anybody would want to be able to do things slower. It says you're going to get slower results. You're going to make slower improvement, and you're going to make slower progress. So you don't want any of those items, and you, you look at the other items on the aisle. There's difficult, and there's painful, and there's burdensome, and you decide it's not worth looking at anything else. You go back to the first aisle. You decide to buy one of the product labeled better, two of the product labeled comfortable, and one faster. You would buy more. That's all the money you have. And as you're checking out, you go to the cashier, and as you're at the cashier, you say, it, it doesn't look like anybody buys things from that second aisle. And she replies, nah, that stuff never sells. Uh, nobody ever buys it for themselves, for sure. Sometimes they'll buy it for someone they don't like, but no, that doesn't sell much at all. I want us to think about a question this morning. What are the situations in your life that you might be willing to embrace something that is slower, more difficult, more painful, and more burdensome. Can you think about any situations where you would spend your hard-earned money on buying things that promise less than an ideal result? See, we as a society, we seem to be drawn to careers and relationships and people and choices and habits and products that promise to make things faster or cheaper or easier or better or more comfortable. And that's partially because we place the individual at the center of so many of our actions and decisions. We think the individual should get to decide what makes him or her happy, and that they should be able to chase after and pursue those things that make them happy. We think that the individual should be able to weigh every decision on the basis of how it impacts them or how it affects them. So when the individual takes center stage, there is never any reason to to make that individual do anything that doesn't somehow help them to be faster or better or more comfortable as a result of their choices. Now, with that understanding, you might realize that this scripture sounds almost like we're reading a document that has been stolen from a different world, a world that has very different values and very different priorities. The text is Luke chapter 4, verses 5 through 8. Then the devil led him, of course, that being Jesus, up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you I will give their glory and all this authority, 
for it has been given to, over to me, and I give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered him, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. So the devil makes Jesus an offer. The, the word to you is put in an emphatic position. So today we might see it in bold or we might see it italicized because what the devil wants to do is to market something to Jesus. So think about the devil for a moment as if he were a marketing manager for a company. And he keeps telling the company that the only way to market this product is to continue to appeal to people's selfish desires. He says the only question that people really care about is how will it affect me or bless me or benefit me? How will it help make my life more comfortable or easier or better? And so Jesus uses that same, sorry, the devil uses that same marketing approach with Jesus. He appeals to Jesus on the basis of selfish desire. The, the, the devil says that these things that have been given to me, I can give to anyone I please. And so the devil is functioning as the ruler of this world, making an offer to Jesus that he hopes Jesus will take him up on. Now imagine that at this point, Jesus and God have a conversation. Maybe a friend said, it's probably a good idea for you to figure out what God's willing to offer as a counteroffer. And God would probably say he is offering something very similar to Jesus. God is saying that by doing things my way, Jesus, you can have glory and authority over the kingdoms of this world. I, I think about a text like Colossians 1, 15 through 16, that says, He, that being Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, for the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers. All things have been created through him and for him. So there's this recognition that, that the kingdoms do belong to, in God's plan, to Jesus. Or consider Philippians. Therefore, God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So it seems like at this point the two are offering similar things. If Jesus were to worship the devil, he would get glory and authority of the kingdoms of this world. And if Jesus were to serve God, he would get the glory and authority of the kingdoms of this world. So how would you go about deciding between a tiebreaker? If you had an offer between two companies that you would get the same job at each company, how would you decide which one you would choose to work for? You might be tempted to look at the benefits packages. What kind of a commitment is involved? How many hours do you want me to work? What are some of your expectations of me in this new job? And we might use some of that as the criteria as we decide which offer we're going to accept. See, the devil's offer is easy, it is simple, it is fast, and it is comfortable. He says, worship me. Literally, he's saying, bow down before me, and that's it. The, the devil offers Jesus a shortcut. He offers him a soft, easy pathway. Jesus knows that life has these kinds of roads. It's a road that he will later call wide and easy. And it's the road that the devil tries to market to Jesus, appealing to his selfishness.
Now, what if Jesus turned to God and said to God, well, what are you expecting of me? So the devil just simply wants me to bow down to him, but what about you? And God says, well, first of all, you would need to make all of your decisions based on what I've written in my word. You know all of those great things you keep hearing the people down there saying about human autonomy and individuality and freedom? About how you should make your own decisions and follow your own dreams? Well, if you're going to serve me, all of those things need to be secondary to your obedience to me, to my spoken word, and to my will for your life. And so Jesus thinks and he says, okay, well, apart from the written word, is there anything else? And, and God says, I want to just emphasize that a part of my written word means that you'll need to worship and serve me only. See, whatever you worship means you bow down before that thing. And whatever you bow down before, that's what you're going to serve. To serve is the way that you use the energy and the activity and all of the things that make you alive. So if you worship the devil, you will serve him and do his bidding. If you worship me, you can serve only me and do my bidding. So you can't serve me and serve your selfish desires. You can't serve me and serve your greed. You can't serve me and serve your need for popularity. The only thing you can serve is me. Jesus is asking, is there anything else? And God says, yes, there is more. I will lead you by the person of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes the Holy Spirit will lead you into places you don't want to go. Places like this very desert where you are now. Places where you may not eat for 40 days and you will ex experience extreme hunger. I do have a plan for you. I have a purpose for you, but you would need to lean on and trust in the leading of the Spirit. And Jesus says, okay, God, anything else? And God says, yes. Even though you are made in my very form, you cannot regard equality with me as something to be grasped or exploited for your own benefit. There will be no turning stones into bread just to feed yourself. You will need to empty yourself and take on the form of a slave. You will be born in the likeness of a human, and you have to humble yourself and become obedient, obedient to death, even death on a cross. And so Jesus says, okay, so, so let me confirm. Your pathway to glory and authority is to prioritize your will and your word, to be led by the Spirit, and to worship and serve you only by my own suffering, self-sacrifice, and death on a cross. And God says, correct. Any idea which of those pathways you might choose? And maybe you wonder why God wouldn't sweeten the offer a little bit. I mean, surely God could throw in a couple of bonuses that would make the road just a little bit easier or faster or more comfortable for Jesus. But the reality is that God doesn't soften the road for Jesus because God knows that the kind of a road we walk on determines the kind of a people we become. We are formed by the kind of paths that we travel on. So people who choose to walk on the wide and the easy path will be formed into a people who are much softer and much more selfish. But those who travel on the more difficult, narrow path will be formed into a kind of a people accustomed to self-sacrifice and to service of others. See, as I think about these two pathways that are being offered to Jesus, one by the devil, the other by God's will, 
I want us to imagine. I want you to imagine that you discovered uh, two ancient lost tribes, and the one lives in a land that is filled with rocks and stones and other hard and jagged surfaces. And ever since the kids are young in that village, they they walk on those tough surfaces. They develop calluses. They develop the balance that they need for walking on those rugged pathways. But the other tribe that you discover, they lived in a land. They live in a land with soft grass, with the soil that is so nice it contours to your foot. That when you take a step in that land, it's as if you're walking on the top of pillows. But what if these two tribes were ever displaced? I suspect that the ones who lived amongst the rocky areas, where the pathway was harder, could easily adapt and navigate to the grasslands. But those who lived in the grasslands would struggle to walk on the hard, jagged surfaces of that rocky place. See, as I, I think about this, I think about Jeremiah's complaint. There he was overwhelmed by the hardship of his pathway. It seemed difficult and laborsome. And he would look and he would see that the unrighteous were flourishing and he, he would suffer as a result. And what he wants is for God to make it right. And for Jeremiah, making it right means making his pathway just a little bit easier, just a little bit more comfortable. But how did God respond? God says, if you have raced with foot runners and they have wearied you, how will you compete with horses? And if in a safe land you fall down, how will you fare in the thickets of the Jordan? So God says to Jeremiah, this hard pathway is forming you into a kind of a person I need you to be because there's actually some more difficult things I have in store for you. No, I cannot make life easier for you because I need to develop something in you. And God knows that Jesus needs to develop the habit of picking what is difficult, what is hard, and what is burdensome if he is going to fulfill God's will for him. So if Jesus is going to compete with the horses, God cannot make his road easier too. Because this temptation will come up again. In Matthew 16, there are three stories that are combined to tell one story. The first aspect or element or chapter of that story is Peter saying of Jesus, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Immediately following that, Jesus then speaks of how he must undergo great suffering, be killed, and be raised. And then the third piece that comes next is that Peter begins to rebuke Jesus. Peter is saying, your Messiahship does not and ought not and should not require any suffering. And to Peter's protest, Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. And as Jesus says, get behind me, Satan, it reminds me of what was said in Matthew 4.10, away with you, Satan. And Jesus goes on to say, worship and serve the Lord your God. See, what Peter is doing is he's trying to offer Jesus the pathway of Messiahship that is wide and easy, which is the exact pathway that in the temptations that Satan tried to offer him. And so what Peter is doing is he is promoting the agenda of the devil. But Jesus knows he needs to take the Father's more difficult pathway that involves his own suffering and his own death on a cross. And I wonder if there's any lessons or implications for us as we look at Jesus' example in the second temptation. I think that we need to be sure that we review and consider what dominant questions or natural filters we use as we make decisions. 
See, I think that we all use questions to help us make important life decisions. Somebody once said that, that life isn't about getting the right answers, but it's about asking the right questions. So our human nature tends to want to ask questions like, how does it make me feel? How does it affect me? How will it benefit me? But we all have this natural longing and desire to get things that are faster and easier and more comfortable. But then we can begin to filter decisions through those questions that put us at the center of the universe. But Jesus here shows us another way. He filters all of his questions through his relationship with his Father. His questions seem to be, what does my Father wish or will? What does my Father say? Where does the Spirit lead me? And what gives glory to God my Father? See, it's an interesting way that I think that Satan, um, how he appealed to Jesus in the way that God appealed to him. See, remember how the devil put the to you in the emphatic position? I'm offering this to you, to the, to the sinful, lustful, desirous flesh. But then compare that to what happened in Philippians 2.11, where Jesus was highly exalted. Every knee is bowing down to him. Every, every tongue is confessing to him. But we find in the last line that it is to the glory of God the Father. All that Jesus did, he did in obedience to his Father. God never pitched the, the glory and the splendor to Jesus' human selfishness to appeal to that. But instead, it was on the appeal that Jesus desired to make choices based on the Father's glory. And so Jesus then is willing to entertain life choices that weren't for his own benefit, but they were only for the glory of the Father. So how might that process of revisiting our questions about ourselves, how might that impact our choices? You remember that life store in the beginning of the sermon? I mean, what if you began to make buying decisions that wasn't just on the basis of what makes my life faster and easier and more comfortable? What if instead we put the glory of God first, then there might even be times that we opt for something that is more difficult or more burdensome or slower for us personally? See, I think that the devil has made a history-long habit of trying to trip people up with this very same tactic. Just try and seek whatever is easiest and fastest and most comfortable, and he's been doing it over and over again in human history. See, I think that we find ourselves right now in a situation we don't want to be in. And, and many of us would like to find out how quickly we can get out of this stay-at-home phase. Um, we, we struggle we, we miss people. We think about how uncomfortable it is. And there's something about us that just wants to get out of it. But what if we embrace the idea that maybe there's something that God wants to teach us in this hardship? I, I don't know exactly what God's up to. I don't know exactly what he's teaching us. But I think it's entirely possible that he may be equipping us for something. That if we stay on this pathway, as difficult as it is, God may be forming us into the kinds of people he needs us to be. See, as the disciples of Jesus, we shouldn't be surprised to find ourselves in an uncomfortable place. I think we need to be learning that we don't always need to embrace what is fast and easy and comfortable. Sometimes we need to pursue things that might be challenging or difficult or burdensome for us. So my hope and prayer is that we will be a people who learn to see the ways that God can call us outside of ourselves and that God may call us into a life that sometimes we are asked to reject what is easy 
and reject all of those, those light promises of the devil, that instead we might brace a li- embrace a life that is about obedience to God, to His Word and to His will. It is about following the lead of the Spirit, and it is about seeking to worship God and serve Him only, regardless of what happens to us in the process. May we be faithful to this God who leads us even through the desert.